Bonjour. Welcome to French Football Week. That was very sultry, wasn't it? My name is Chris. I am your host. <laughs> and welcome back to French Football Weekly, the podcast, uh, for another week. And I promise I will not put that voice on ever again. Uh, we have got lots to talk about this week. Um, lots of goals, lots of red cards, lots of incidents, um, and a little bit of a splice of something from Ligue 2 for you as well. We are really spoiling you. Uh, so, to spoil you, I need to have people with me. So, naturally, I've called on the two best. I've got Phil and Jez with me. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Thank you once again for being here. So uh, I, I guess we can't we can't really start anywhere but with an advert according to my PC. We can't start anywhere but PSG. Unfortunately, um, I say unfortunately that sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But they were very much the story of the weekend at least in terms of performance, scoreline, etc. Uh, I will start with you, Phil, on this one. They um, they demolished Lille by seven goals to one. Yes, that's seven on the old Vidi printer. They would spell out seven in the UK. Um, Kylian Mbappé with a hat-trick, including a, an eight-second opener straight from kickoff. Uh, Leo Messi got one. Neymar got a couple. I think he also got a hat-trick of assists. And Hakimi chimed in with one as well. Uh, Jonathan Bamba got one back for Leon, uh, for Lille. Sorry. Quick side note, I tweeted Joe Bamba and um, Jonathan Johnson tweeted me back and said, John Bamba, spelled B-A-M-B-E-R, so it reminds me of a, a lower league English player who'd done the journeys, which amused me greatly. Uh, but um, that was scant consolation for Lille, who, in a, in a weird way, I didn't think they were terrible on the night. They didn't defend particularly well, but they weren't awful. But the story is PSG, isn't it, Phil? I mean, a ring yeah, around the rosy celebration and all smiles again. Well, all smiles will last as long as it lasts. But I think what you said about Leo was interesting because I um, have to admit I turned off at 3 0 um, because I can only watch uh, Prime Video on my computer and I wanted to have a lie down. But I did get a tweet from Mohammed Button writes for Squawker, who made the very good point early on, three centre-backs and Mark Everati, yet Lille can still walk their way into the PSG box with a relative ease. Mm. Why are PSG allergic to defensive midfielders? And I think we've had this conversation multiple times before, and my answer is always, well, they can get away with it cheerfully in the league, and it causes problems in Europe. And so, in a sense, the massive scorelines they've been putting up so far are not that relevant, almost, mm. because it's going to be, can they beat whoever in the Champions League? And I'm still... It sounds stupid when they've just won 7-1, but I still don't think that defence is, is Watertight. up to snuff. Mm. Let me read you something, because I may well drill down on that in a second. Let me read you a tweet that I saw yesterday, um, which intrigued me because there's been a lot of debate this weekend uh, around a couple of leagues. Bayern Munich won 7-0, I think it was, yesterday. Um, we did see Man City sort of drop points in the Premier League, but there's there's very much this talk of, 
you know, is it good for people to perform or, or you know, for teams to outperform in a league? Um, I can't find this blooming tweet now. Now I've, I've set it up. But in short, I'll try and find it in a second. But in short, um, it was one of the journalists I follow. Um, and he was essentially saying, you know, the, the league have created this problem. They've created PSG or that, you know, they've allowed PSG to create this this machine it's not good for the league, you know, batting aside teams left, right and centre. The league is already done. So um, it's, it's financial. Yeah. I mean, but it, is it a problem or is it just like, you know, they... Yes, it's a problem. I mean, it, and it counts for Bayern as well. And I know that Man City did their best to prove this wrong at the weekend. But it's if you allow there to be such a massive financial disparity between the top clubs and the bottom clubs, the top clubs and everybody else in the league, as we can see in Liga, and I think is the case in the Bundesliga as well, then yes, it's a problem. And the results follow the money. And mm. that's because, of course, Man City um, failed at who this weekend? Hmm? Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the answers. It's yeah. not like they were beaten by Brentford, which I believe happened to other people. Um, so, yeah, it's yes, it's a problem. If you don't have competitive leagues, then you are left watching Europe. And that's why these money-hungry bastards um, started trying to set up uh, the European, I don't know, uh, mentalist league <laughs> a bit ago. Mm. It is It is definitely, um, I will try and find the tweet because it, it was very thought-provoking, but I'll, I'll have to scroll back and dig through the old mentions there. But yeah, it was definitely um, something that provoked me. What what what's your thoughts, Jez, on on the overall performance? Because I do feel like sometimes um, we and not us, but you know, various um, outlets, whether they be of questionable English bias or not, um, we do go after PSG a bit, and you know, we we do tend to sort of focus on the negative side of things, and there are plenty naturally, can't deny that. But when they play like that, I mean, they are a joy to watch, aren't they? Some of the football, um, I do want to highlight Vitinha in midfield, because although, like Phil was saying, there is a bit of a, um, you know, no defence, just vibes about about their midfield and attack. But Vitinha's come in, and, and for me, he feels like the perfect partner to, to Marco Verratti. And that front three, when they're like this, and when Kylian and, and then Buffet and uh, Kylian and Buffet and Neymar are, uh, are seeing eye to eye, I mean, they're unplayable, aren't they? They'd beat anyone in Europe playing like they did last night. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just going back quickly to, to what you said before, um, the sort of financial doping and everything. On um, the Totally European show the other day, they, I think it was that. Well, it might have been BBC. Whatever it was, Julian Laurence was definitely on it. Um, <laughs> there was um, a debate about sort of how the Premier League has helped or hindered other leagues and they were Mm. all in agreement that effectively and it's only going to get worse and worse because of the power of the Premier League and the money in the Premier League um, they should be winning every European trophy every year probably finalists arguably all the semi-finalists and anything else that happens is a kind of freak occurrence or an accident so 
Um, yes, there's concerns with PSG and Bayern and everything, but as usual, I find it very, very hypocritical of a lot of English journalists considering that the whole of the English league is is going a long way to making it like that as well. I mean, mm. you know, we can see Monaco one year or Lille one year competing against PSG, but the problem is PSG, and the same, and they gave the examples, they didn't do it so much about France, but they certainly did in whichever show it was about Germany. You know, Bayern win every year because they don't need to sell their players and other teams do. They've already got an advantage financially, and it's sort of just, um, it's not a virtuous circle, I guess. It's not exactly a vicious circle, but, you know, it's sort of, uh, I can't think of the phrase, but it's it's a situation that is always going to get worse and worse. And it's the same in France. PSG have already got the financial might anyway, and they don't need to sell. So they can just sort of build and build and build, whereas the other teams are having to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild every year. So it's only going to get worse. But the main league, and frankly, it's the championship now as much, almost as much as the Premiership, Premier League. The main league that's responsible for that is the Premier League. So it annoys me a little bit when the, the sort of English journalists kind of beat the other leagues without sort of any kind of acknowledgement that it's, it's sort of their, in inverted commas, league that causes a lot of the problems. Mm. Um, you look at the Deloitte uh, football um, audit they do every year, and so many of the top that there's like sixteen members of the Premiership are in the top thirty for uh, income across all of Europe. You've got two or three from the French team, from the French league, rather. It really is, the premiership is awash with money, which, yes, is to do with the TV money that comes in because so many people want to watch it, but they want to watch it because the best players are there and the best players are there because it's so much money. So it is, as Jess says, it's a circular thing. And I think I would describe that as a vicious circle. Yeah. And even within, within, I mean, I know we're not talking about the Premier League, but even within the Premier League, it's kind of bullshit as well. Because, you know, just to use an example that's sort of obviously fresh in my mind, Cucurella has great season at Brighton. You know, Chelsea or City didn't give a shit about him last year. We take the risk on him. And then um, he wants to leave just like that because he can triple his salary. Mm. Um against a, a you know playing for another team in the same league and it, again it's not just the premier league like you know Messi's defender Kiyate has gone on strike effectively because he has the chance to whatever not triple or quadruple whatever it is for seven times um he can seven times his salary going to burnley who aren't even premier league anymore so um it's just a sex yeah sex duple so um, heptuple maybe I don't know. <laughs> now we're um, going. Now we're going deep. Heptathlon is seven. It's an heptuple. Sounds good. But, yeah. but going back to to PSG, I think um, we sort of have to be careful what we wish for because you know certainly I've done it over the years, sort of used as a, a stick to beat PSG. You know, you've got all this money, 
all these players. Um, if you're going to win the league anyway, at least do it in style. And, you know, certainly I would say not until Blanc and even then it was patchy. Have we ever seen PSG teams actually playing nice football and enjoying themselves and scoring great goals and that kind of thing on a regular basis? So, you know, at least they're doing that now. But then on the other hand, it's sort of kind of embarrassing and, and you know, against the other teams. So I'm not I'm not really sure what kind of PSG I want. But in the meantime, when you see those front three players playing at their best and seemingly enjoying themselves, I don't know how genuine it is, then, you know, as a pure football fan, it's great to watch. Um, you know, sometimes you someone gets credited with an assist and it's a bit crappy. You know, it's like the the Maradona goal against England and whoever it was who sort of squared it two metres to him, you know, used to dine out and saying, yeah, it was a great goal. He went around seven or eight players, but did you see my assist to, to sort of set him on his way? That kind of thing. Yeah. Neymar's assist, to give him his credit, all three of them, I thought, were, were fantastic. Um, so, you know, the, they played brilliant football. Lille are not a bad team. Um, arguably, they, they were sort of, Again, in a positive way, victims of their own downfall in that they they carried on playing and sort of were found it even gave PSG even more chance to sort of pick them apart. But you still got to put the ball in the net, and and they did that fantastically, as as you said, and I think I've said that the last two or three weeks. I think Vitinha has been the signing of the season so far because he's enabled PSG to play like that because before there was always a yawning gap between Verratti and and the front three. Mm. There are still, you know, this was the first sort of sort of test and they did a hell of a lot more than pass it, obviously. Um, There are going to be greater tests when it gets a little bit colder. Can Neymar be bothered? Um, (laughs) playing better teams, yet Lille had, I think, 16 shots, 10 on target. Yeah. Considering so much of the time is spent at the other end of the pitch, that's still a lot and a potential concern. Um, I think all three of the front players actually did do a little bit of defending or more than you'd expect, but they're not going to do that week in, week out. There's talk of, of PSG being in, in talks with um, City about bringing in Bernardo Silva, who I think would be... Oh brilliant in that he's another option going forward and he is someone who absolutely will do his defensive shift and more still got to fit all these players in he's going to drop and out Fabian Ruiz in. and Renato Sanchez yeah. well, well Sanchez I still I'm surprised they, I think he's very overrated I'm surprised they brought him in but um, Vitinha and Verratti both of them are walking suspensions as well so yeah. I think not everything is entirely clear-cut. Sorry? Just um, given what happened with the cards at the weekend, that becomes more of an issue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there will be tests, but it's the old cliche, I suppose, that attack is the best form of defence. If if those front three are, are... putting the or you know the other one about you just need to make sure you score one more goal than the other team then there definitely can be anyone yeah i, th- I think it i think it speaks to the the job that that Gaultier has done since he's gone in because that feels i think there's a tweet i think it was f uh 
uh, GFFN tweeted yesterday and they were sort of saying, I can't the exact words, but it was along the lines of, you know, look what Galtier has done in, in a matter of weeks compared to what Pochettino did in months, which I thought was a, a little harsh, although quite funny. Um, I, I, I know how you feel, but I still think Pochettino, look, he didn't help himself, but hmm. I don't think he did any worse than a couple of those before him. And I just oh, no, still no. maintain that it's not their fault. Yeah. Galtier deserves a massive amount of credit but i don't think it's just him i think it's him and campos as a sort of tandem actually Mike is is back and and doing stuff in the background as well yeah um, yeah those signings sort of are different good, aren't they? good timing for them them to be there but they're also doing a good job and i think as we've spoken about before if they can get those front three sort of they've all got different motivations I think all three of them, the main motivation is wanting to be number one, but also, you know, legacy, winning Champions Leagues, winning mm-hmm. Ballon d'Or, being ready for the World Cup. Okay, if yeah. they can keep it, somehow keep it as a positive dynamic and more this week than last week, then, you know, it's only going to, the three of them are only going to push each other on even further as well. Mm. And I think um, coming back to the Galtier thing, I think he might be someone who is better able to manage that situation in not pitting them against each other in a negative sense, but a positive sense. Mm. You want to be the best? Come on, then. Mm, Be better. Mm. Rather than, he's talking shit about you in the dressing room, whatever. So I think that matchup of manager and team mm. I mean it's extremely early to call this but it does feel a bit more Structured. a bit more like it's gonna work mm. some of the some of the previous incumbents in the um, electric chair yeah there were some interesting um, uh, comments about sort of how he manages the dressing room and how he's got everybody on side and how people are smiling. And there was this this really interesting thing that came out after, I think it was last week's game, where they were talking about players that were, uh, I think the, the French expression was in the loft, which is this talk of like, you've got two camps where you've got the players who train away from the first team and are kept very separate. And then you've got the first team plus those who are just good eggs, i.e. Kayla Navas, who, you know, that we all know is going to move on, but trains hard and isn't a disruptive influence. All the other ones are just separated, which I thought was really interesting. And and Thierry Henry also picked up on French TV last night where he was saying, you know, this coach has got Mbappe, Messi and Neymar defending when they're seven, one up. He's like that. That's, that's, that's quite an achievement. Um, just before we do move on, can I just mention one interesting thing about you, last night, which was was Vincent Deluc, I think it was, brought it up in a tweet, is that Turpin blew for full time before ninety minutes. He did, let alone, let alone before <laughs> injury time was over. He had and enough. <laughs> it was sort of noted, like obviously it's not going to make a difference to PSG, mm. but goal difference could be a factor at the end of the season and you could mm. easily have seen PSG scoring another another one at least in you know yeah so another and, four minutes or so and not only for PSG but if Lille missed out on Europe because of one extra goal conceded or one less goal conceded that would be the other thing wouldn't it like yeah, yeah. you're exactly right yeah 
Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I thought you were going to mention the fact that we had uh, several minutes of uh, JP and Clive discussing um, fastest goals in English football on BT uh, Jazz. I don't know if you heard that, it's, but I can't. I can't. I can't watch them. You can't do it. No, I'll take one for the team, guys. I'll take one for the team. Yeah, we literally had about. I think it's about twelve minutes of discussion about who the fastest goals in English football were after Mbappe scored. So that was lovely. Um, just very quickly, I have found that thread just before we move on from PSG. It was from Andy Scott. Um, who I'm sure most people will have been aware of his work if you follow French football. Um, he's uh, he's at and P Scott on Twitter if you want to follow him. I'm not going to read the whole thread because it is quite lengthy, but the opening thread of it was was simply this. He said seven goals for PSG away to the champions of two seasons ago, 21 goals in four games this season. They've looked extremely good and will win the league by absolute miles. But this is not good. This is not, and there is not enough debate in France about the need to have some sense of actual competition. Just talk of PSG driving um, the driving force of the French game, improving its image abroad, and they're getting a huge chunk of money and being invested by CBC far more than any other club. This golf will only grow and grow. Um, I'll let you read the rest of the tweet, but he, he finishes it off with an even more important point, I think, where it says, um, anyway, French league is still extremely competitive behind PSG. The games are often much more open than they used to be. Some great ambitious clubs, good stories and lots of brilliant players. League on much, much better than it's given credit for. So I think that that part of the tweet was really good. Yeah. I, we I, said that before, I think, that like behind PSG, I think it is more competitive than a lot of others. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But and, also, and, I'd and, say there is a lot of concern in France about PSG's dominance. Mm. There is. I think, it's I think just, in, in France, it there is. feel like there's anything anybody can do about it. No, there is in France, but... If you, yeah, if you look at, you know, particularly, I think, Jez, you'll probably back me up on this, where you listen to a lot of English-based podcasts, not just Premier League-based. There's not the debate in France. There Mm. is. Yeah. There really is. Yeah. I think it's kind of, it's not a deal with the devil, but I think the feeling was always, yeah, okay, PSG, you've got, every title sewn up till Kingdom Come or until Qatar leave after the World Cup. Mm. But um until if if there's a sort of drip down effect and it increases interest in Liga and it increases, you know, other players being attracted to the league, then we'll sort of not turn a blind eye, but we'll have to put up with that. Mm. And I haven't been convinced about it the last few years, but I'm sort of coming round to the fact that I think it is becoming more attractive. I think, you know, it might... The problem is there's still this the fact that we're crap in Europe, which doesn't help. But just in terms of the, the league itself, I think it does... I think it is attracting some very good coaches for a start. I think the football itself is becoming a lot better and more entertaining. There's more goals being scored, which I'm never absolutely convinced means that the quality is better because it also impliedly suggests that... The defending isn't as good, um, but it, it feels like teams and coaches are setting out to win more than not lose, as, as I think was often the case in the past. There's some top players coming. There's obviously still a lot of the young players um, coming through. So I do think I know there's been the financial issues the last two or three years, which obviously doesn't help things. But I think it is the league is in a good place in terms of sort of attracting interest and and being entertaining to watch and you know 
let's be fair, probably BT Sport wouldn't be showing it with all its faults if it wasn't for PSG. So there are some positive aspects, even though purely in terms of who's going to win the league, there isn't or shouldn't be any intrigue at all. Mm. Yeah, true, true. It's a debate that will run and run, and no doubt we will we will revisit it at some point. But uh, I'm conscious we've, we've gone deep there, so uh, let's pull away from PSG and and go into some other areas of Liga. Um, Phil, I want to do. I'm, I'm going to give you the the, uh, the 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 task of unpicking Nice, and I'm going to give uh, some yeah. discussion to Jez for for Leon. So we, with with Nice, I, I guess. I guess rather than sort of way too deep into their results, which we know are not brilliant this season, they they lost at the weekend uh, to a Claremont side who, to be fair, were pretty good on the on the day. Um, you know, defended well, etc. Did all the basics well, and and the the goal from Cowie was decent. Uh, Toribio and Lamina both saw red, which didn't help Nice in the last ten minutes, and they lost in Europe uh, last week to Maccabi Tel Aviv. They've got the home leg to come this week. Um, I guess. The, the question I kind of want to raise, though, is is what's happening with the project and and our Ineos, uh, the, the the issue because there was this talk of a bid for Chelsea um, by the same ownership. There's this talk of sort of constant and projects away. Second, are they now trying to put a bid in for Manu? Well, there there is talk of Jim Ratcliffe being interested, yeah, um, and and all the while they're also trying to buy Nicolas Pepe. So I mean, you know, it's all going on. But um, all jokes and aside, Cavani. and Cavani, yeah. But all jokes aside, you know, this this is a club that is in a very fashionable part of, of France. Is in a very privileged position in terms of the wealth it, it has, uh, you know, behind it, and and this this organization of Ineos. I mean, what what's going wrong? Because that squad to me looks really good, and and we know that the manager is, you know, okay, it's his second spell, but we know he's capable. So, what's going wrong? I think um, what you might want to look at is how the fans think about this situation because when Ineos came in they were a bit oh shall we say skeptical as you would be and then uh things were like yeah we give you assurances we'll do all of this okay 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 and then he tries to buy Chelsea and then apparently he's trying to buy Man U and Nisa like, oh, are we the thing you bought because you didn't think you could do that then? Discarded toy at Christmas. It's, it's a, I think there's uh, more scepticism now and just the fact that how can that work? I mean, Nice are... Uh, as you say, uh, were beaten last week uh, in the first leg of the um, Europa Conference thingy, what's it, against Maccabi Tel Aviv, they could end up in the same competition. How's that mm. going to work? Yeah. And it just feels very strange. And I'm not sure whether it was, again, and uh, I think Andy Brassel maybe on the football ramble, was saying that uh, Ratcliffe, when he bought um, the stake in Nice, it looked very much like he was trying to offshore all his money. So Mm. now if he's trying to buy Chelsea or Man U, 
maybe he isn't. And why might that change have occurred? And I think it's all, more of this is off-pitch kind of uh, stuff than on-pitch. As you say, the the team looks good. Um, but I think at the weekend, obviously, you get two men sent off in the, bar, in the last quarter hour. It's not going to help. And that's something we'll come up to later. Uh, but they did appear to be struggling against a side that was, you know, being obdurate, I think is the polite word of saying fucking starving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely dug in. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on, on these chairs? I mean, is it is it the squad? I mean, am I overrating the squad? I mean, I look at some of the names there and there's some yeah. talent there, but I think you are. I'm surprised that two of you are quite um positive about their squad. I don't think it's so good at all. Um Gary's form has completely fallen off a cliff, which is a big concern. I'm not yeah. sure there's that much amazing quality in there. And you I think if you're still starting with the likes of Stengs and um Rosario, I'm I'm not sold on them Dante how old is he now 60 64 I don't know um, allegedly Ramsey <laughs> we know is a very good player on his day but you know past his best as well um, I don't I don't think it's such a great squad and I just I feel like I mean I'm not going to give my opinions on the Radcliffe's in general but you know they're rich enough that they probably can buy two or three of these clubs and still run them all very well, but just they're not running them well and, and they're not running these well. And there just seems to be off the pitch so much chopping and changing, obviously the coach and, you know, I know Galtier obviously got a better offer, but by all accounts, he was probably may well have been got rid of anyway. There was tension between him and, and the backroom staff, like Fournier, Rivera, um, who themselves have changed from a couple of years ago. You know, we saw the same kind of things going on when Vieira was there and he almost quit because of it. Now we've got Dave Brailsford. I don't know if he's going to get any of his special packages that Bradley Wiggins used to benefit from. Maybe that will help the players. But um, I just, yeah, just I feel like, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's because he's more interested in an English team or offshoring money, but they don't feel like they're completely not completely committed but if you've got all this money to to put into the team put it into the team but it feels like they're sort of dipping their toe in and then stepping back again and they're they're buying a lot of players but none of them are really stellar players that are you know team changing or suddenly not title challenging that kind of thing there's not you know even Pepe coming in, I think that would be actually a very good signing for them. But Me too. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not as you know, a stellar signing. Cavani, who it looks like he's not going to sign now anyway, but you know, obviously clearly passed his best as well. Um, it's a plaster, isn't it? It's not really a solution. It's it's a plaster for a bruise that might get you through. It, it's a Man United signing, dare I say it? Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like. You know, if that, that Guiri shot at the weekend that hadn't come off the inside of the post, it had gone in, you can see 
probably his confidence going up, the team's confidence going up. It's one of those situations that probably they need one half decent result and then they, they might be able to to embark on a run. But I just feel like no one in the club really has much direction at the moment. And even bringing Favre back, I don't think that's a pos- particularly positive step. Mm, it, it's it's more sort of safety, isn't it? I guess, than... than yeah, because I, I, I wondered whether they might have looked at, at Pochettino at one point. I did think maybe that might be a... Funny enough, we mentioned him before. But yeah, it does seem like a weird one. Um, and just quickly on the Pepe signing, um, based upon the Arsenal side of information that I've got it sounds like it's a, a loan with a, an option um, and that option being 22 million total if they were to pay it which to me that seems like a bit of a bargain I know he hasn't exactly gone down brilliantly Arsenal I think he was a bit of a victim of of the price tag and the expectations because he was bought in an era where uh, allegedly things were going on with our uh, transfer committee shall we say we'll leave it there um, but yeah, it, we shouldn't forget this is France's Player of the Year. What three seasons ago now for for Lille's Championship winning side can play anywhere across the front three. I mean, he will give Nice that goal threat. You would think, wouldn't you, if if he's utilised correctly? I think, yeah, I mean, he, he can definitely add to that. But I just, I still feel like it's not a particularly strong team in general. Mm. More needed, in other words, more than just one player. Um, Sticking with you for a minute. Cause... I just sorry, very quickly. I would just yeah. say as well, like look at West Ham's start to the season, Monaco's start to the season. There does always seem to be, Europe. for some reason, teams in these European playoffs somehow their yeah. early season league form often seems to be negatively affected. Yeah, starting very, very, very late. Uh, sorry, very early, and having a very late preseason. It, it, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I don't know if it's sort of also don't know what to do in terms of transfer policy mm-hmm. because you don't know what European te- competitions, if any, you're going to be in. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, that that can't help actually thinking about it because mm-hmm. yeah, you you're trying to buy, you're trying to sell yourself as a project. Um... I mean, playing Tilo, buying Tilo Kera alone playing him isn't going to help <laughs> you. But. See, I, I still like him as a player. I know he didn't have a particularly good day. I, I like him after this weekend. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, sticking that with you for a minute. Hilarious. Say again? That was hilarious. Yeah. I had loads of people on my timeline going, what was that tackle? He can't defend. It's like, well, did you look at his last gig? Yeah. Like, he didn't have to do a lot of that kind. And he's a confidence player, and I don't think that would have started him particularly well in that particular area. Um, Phil, you didn't see Leon, so I'm going to stick with Jess just for a minute because I just want to quickly touch on them before we come to you for a little discussion on discipline um, on the football pitch. I should should add, but just coming back to you with regards to Leon, I, I guess I just kind of want to ask you a, a very simple question that, that probably won't have a simple answer, but they, they won 4-1 at the weekend in the opening game of the weekend's action uh, home to Trois. Uh, Lacazette with the opener, Naglius, uh, Naglius? No, Nicholas Tagliafico um, conceded a penalty, which Tadio duly dispatched, and then he made up for it by scoring himself to put Leon back in front after the halftime whistle, and then Tete with a double to secure the win for Leon. Um, if we exclude the fact that it's Troyes, no disrespect, but you would expect Leon to win these sort of games at home. But are we maybe, is, is it fair, the question would be, that we reserve judgment or are Leon back as a, 
a creditable challenger. They are a game behind everybody, of course, because Dorian uh, didn't play them last week, as we know. But they have looked pretty impressive in the opening two games. And these are just, well, in patches. I'd say the first match against the Jaxio, considering that they started very well, and I think we already spoken about how they were relatively fortunate with both goals. Mm. Um, I don't think that was particularly impressive. Um, mm. This weekend, yeah, they peppered the goal and Gallon had a good match, but there was an element of luck, I think, to all of Lyon's goals. And Talia Fico, I think, um, just confirmed what I think of him as a defender anyway with, with his challenge for the penalty. I find it hilarious, like, when it's you rarely see a more blatant penalty and and what's the point of doing that whole I'm stunned you've given this against me when there's so many cameras and VAR it's pretty obvious wasn't it yeah yeah um so yeah they've only played two matches they've been against in my opinion by far the worst two teams in the division on paper and I think in both of them they they flattered to deceive a little bit so no if you're asking me I'm absolutely still reserving judgment <laughs> i don't think they look like they're back in any way at all i was trying to be nice <laughs> i do agree with you i don't you know i don't think they were i thought they were good in spells against the jacks here but overall you couldn't say it was that good Twa, I, I i felt like they just had a bit of a flow to them put put it another way then what i, I do I, like i'll give them this that uh i think it was maybe against the jacks they finished with I think they played nine, if you include also like Tolisso and Lacazette and even Remy Ryu, who is now back at where he started, even though he's 35 now. Mm -hmm. um, I think altogether they played nine products of their youth system. Yeah, that is Um, something I was going to mention. So I do like that. I do like that they're sort of going back to basics, if that's the word, and back to what they they did well. And um, there are some very good young players still coming through. I mean, I saw that. Cherky signs a contract extension. Yeah. I'm surprised that, considering Same. he's still not getting a decent chance. But yeah. so there's, I think there's the reasons to be cheerful or hopeful. But mm. no, I've seen nothing here to suggest that they're they're sort of scary. Yeah, maybe maybe the uh, the, the the jury is still very much out, and I, I think Peter Peter Bosch. I mean, you know, the first sign of any of any run of form that isn't good. I think that the, the Leon players may well have uh, something to say about it. Um, speaking of the Leon... No, I, th- I think they've got players with good attitudes now, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, by that, what I mean is Awar isn't getting a game. Well, he's he's largely off to Forest or wherever you believe. Paqueta's still being linked elsewhere. Um, I did see some talk about Anthony Lopez last week. I don't know if there's anything in that. But yeah, there seems to be... You, you get the feeling that business is not completed in Leon yet in terms of ins and outs, and we shall see what happens there. One thing that did tickle me slightly, which leads us nicely onto what we're going to discuss with Phil next um, in terms of discipline, was uh, the Leon fans. I don't know if you saw this uh, at their home game with Twa. They had a banner uh, in the um, in the home end, which was basically a boot um, with a sort of a, a line through it, and it's uh, Respect des Nord's Traditions, which, um, as you probably know, essentially stands for Please Respect Our Traditions. And it's to do with the the new Adidas boot that's out, which is this Speed Portal boot. Um, a very large amount of the Leon First Team are Adidas boot sponsors, and the boot is green. 
uh, and it's an Etienne green. And the natives are not very happy about this. So um, it did amuse me greatly. I, I think it was something like eight of the starting 11 all had this boot on and the natives are not happy. So I don't, I know players are contracted to wear certain boots, so I don't know how they're going to get around this. I have to paint them all black or something, but it amused me greatly. But that does lead us on to the, the discipline side of things, Phil. Um, we'll touch on a team in another league in a second, but uh, you have an, an amusing team to present to us. And it was a weekend of a lot of red cards, which I may well touch on when we run down the scores. But yeah, a lot of yes. badly behaved boys this weekend. Uh, so it was the Friday night game was exceptional in that there wasn't a red card. And so um, when Monaco lost 4-1 at home to Lens, they had Vanderson sent off some lovely finishes from Lens, uh, Machado and Said uh, definitely up there as slot, I think, and uh, in OM, you beat uh, Nantes 2-1. Um, they had uh, somebody sent off. I don't have the notes here, but that Gigo was, was not an that. easy game. As you go, yeah. Um, food, fabulous penalty from Ludovic Glass there oh, yeah. Nantes. That stayed hit. Didn't that it? was ab absolutely stayed hit. I think for the first seventy minutes of that, Alban was lafonting again, mm. um, and then we moved on to Sunday, and uh, Angers had somebody sent off uh, when they went down three one to Brest. Uh, you mentioned two sent off for Nice, Lemina on top. Todible. Um, the key match, I think, here was, unfortunately, my dear Montpellier versus Auxerre, where there were four red cards. Mm. I mean, it basically ended up as a netball match. Um, we had uh, Paul Khalil Fayed on his debut. An 18-year-old defensive midfielder got sent off. Uh, then... Uh, Mamadou Nyang, uh, Nyang, who was half-time sub and lasted seven minutes before being sent off. I think you might remember him from his lone spell at Montpellier involving a Ferrari and a hedge. Um, Teji Sabani was sent off. Of Costa was. was sent off. It was... It was an absolute shit show. So I think there were nine reds in the gun. Eleven. Is it eleven? Yeah, of course it yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. said eleven, but I kept counting. I must just not have made the Well that includes two red reserve goalkeeper. Yeah, Salah, Salah right. and um and uh, were sent off for Ren as well. So that's the other because two. Because when I was trying to do my who got sent off the weekend 11, I was struggling for goalkeepers. So I went down to Saint-Étienne, who, shall I do the team first, or what the uh, fuck happened there? Yeah, run down the team, because I, I want to mention okay. Saint-Étienne. So my team, which I think is pretty good, uh, is Etienne Green and Goal, 
defense we're we're a five d three but reasons. Uh, Vanderson, Brianson, Gigo, Tardibo, and Subanovic, who admittedly is on the wrong side, but no left backs got sent off again that I can tell, bizarrely. Uh, fired Mamina in defensive midfield and up front, Subanier, Da Costa, and Yang. I mean, that's a I think that's a pretty good team, albeit <laughs> one that would end up with no men on the pitch at the end of uh, ninety minutes. Decent forward line, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you and you mentioned Saint Etienne. Uh, they, for those who don't know, they're in League Two oh, this game. season. Damn it! Um, they're in League Two this season. They are currently bottom of League Two. Um, on minus one point. Yeah, I mean to, to be worse than what happened the weekend, possibly minus one goalkeeper because I think after Green got sent off, they had to bring on the seventeen-year-old, which suggests yeah. they don't have a lot of strength and depth in that situation. But yes, they got three red cards. Yeah, three and, and lost six nil to La Havre at home. Nil nil at half time. Half time, yeah, 51, 56, 64, 80, 84, 89. Um, Brinson, Safaro, and Green all dismissed. Um, actually, to be fair, I thought the first two were relatively harsh, but Green's was oh, it was nailed on. Oh, yeah. that literally that was where the fuck was he? He was nearly on the halfway line. I think when he wiped out whoever it was, um, and if still he... managed, still managed to look vaguely. Oh, what did I do, Ref? Mm. That wasn't a problem. It's like seriously, mate, you can't do that. That that's assault. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It did. It, it was definitely not not the weekend to be a Saint Etienne fan. As I say, I mean, you know, four games played for uh, minus one point is not a great return. They haven't won yet in the league. Deux. They've drawn twice and, and lost two. Um, and Bordeaux, meanwhile, are, are actually doing all right so far. Through, uh, two wins and a draw, they're up in fifth. Can't lead the way in, in league Deux for those interested at the moment with Omi and Dijon Metz. Jazz will be happy. Gang on Bastia all in the top 10, so plenty not of teams. Well, Jess not might not happy, be happy, no. given that another couple of red cards, I think, happened. Uh, Akidjo was my other choice for the goalkeeper in the red card 11. Yeah. How Sent did off. that happen? He's Well, he's worse than Lopez in terms of, I think, a lot of Mess fans have had enough of him and were surprised that he was back in the first team this year because he got dropped halfway through last year and Kyle was one of our few decent players. So I think this he might have sort of burned his last chance now. Erratic. Because 3-1 up, a keeper sprints out of the area, takes someone out and then we lose the match, uh, draw the match. Yeah. And then Santon's even more so. He's basically gone completely AWOL for a whole season. No one knows what supposed injuries he's got or had comes on 81st minute and gets himself sent off as well. Um, and then on top of that, you've got Kuyate on strike. You've got Mika Tautso, who's been one of our few bright points to the start of the season. Apparently Burnley want him as well. Um, so Maziz has said he wants to leave. Mikel Brensis, who isn't even very good, even though he scored a good goal at the weekend, um, 
is wanted by Frankfurt. So, I mean, by the end of the transfer window, we might not even have 11 players to put on the pitch no. without talking about whether they're any good or how many of them are suspended. So, you've just no, reminded me. Could be better. Could, could be better, yeah. Yeah. But in the table positions, at least, not, not too bad thus far. No, but we know. threw away two points this week and were slightly unlucky two weeks ago to lose at Caen. I think we yeah. had the woodwork a couple of times. So. Yeah. Well, we, here's, here's, to, uh, here's to a successful uh, spell in League and Hopefully you'll be back up, but um, we will keep a, keep across League season as it progresses. Um, oh, I have I have um, possible transfer news. Yes, as, as do I. I think. Hmm. You know, I spent no uh, time on this because it's depressing but I had my first physio session in four weeks earlier and oh my god am I feeling it uh, but while I was waiting at the bus stop at Montpellier uh, station there was a Montpellier branded people carrier parked up in the taxi rank Ooh. as a John I'm like, oh, what's this? Could this be a transfer? <laughs> and then my bus turned up and I had to get on it. So I don't know. Possibly also a youth, the youth team was coming back from uh, summer camp or something. So we could have but, had a hot take. We, well, Chris, that's left. Christopher, yeah. Christopher Julien is having his medical at Montpellier tomorrow. Oh, really? He's like, you know what? I, I find it bizarre that it, that they that they let him go because he was really popular with Celtic. I've got yeah. a good friend who's a Celtic fan. He said he was really popular there. I'm surprised. And he, him, and Lacroix for me were the two before. You know, you had the likes of Saliba and all that came before um, Mukiele, etc. But I thought Lacroix and and Julien were were two of the big sort of centre backs upcoming in 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 terms of French players playing abroad. But yeah, that does surprise me. It really does. Talking, sorry, Phil, but talking of Montpellier's defence, my oh, you can mention Saka. Please whole... don't, please. No, not Sacco. No, no. Okay. Why the hell was he still on the pitch? <laughs> he, he. I think the term is had one uh, the weekend, didn't he? No, um, but he was like knocked cold by Niang. There's no oh, way see what you he mean. Yeah. Still been playing. Oh, yeah. Well, we all know that that rule is completely pointless because it's never ever adhered to, is it? We all know this is, uh, yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Absolutely bizarre. Like it, it, for me, there just shouldn't there shouldn't be a rule. You know, you get head, you get head bash. That's it. You're off. Doesn't matter. Like just, it's just. I, I wonder if we're going to have to see somebody, you know, have a serious injury where they don't get up for for the rules to change, which is obviously not where we want to go. But yeah, so yeah. My no, my favourite moment of the whole weekend probably was to Costa's nutmeg on Cosa. <laughs> yeah, we need to find you a hobby, Jess. We do. <laughs> but uh, that, um, that was a good one. My my well, my highlight of the weekend. Seen as seen as nobody asked, I'm going to tell you. Um, Lorient fin unpaid. finally have a goalkeeper, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, you must have seen that free kick from our Lorient. Say my word. It was that, very good. Yeah, that and, and the Ludovic Blast penalty, which was equally uh, lovely on the ears like, and the eyes. I thought for Fanners was quite good as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, uh, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I was I was pleased with with uh, Lawrence's performance, although they probably should have had all three points. They did miss a penalty in that game. 
which was a 2-2 draw with Toulouse, uh, but Lorientes penalty is worth looking up for the opener. Uh, Mossy sure. then missed a spot kick. Um, and the the equaliser. Uh, Ryan Healy has torn his knee ligament. Yes, he has, which is a shame because he'd start the season well. Um, so he's going to be out probably for the majority of the season. The um, equaliser from from Rattel is quite humorous if you're not a L'Oreal fan. Uh, where <laughs> I believe it's Fanson Lagoff, I think, sort of falls over and just lays it on the plate for the onrushing striker to tuck home. Uh, Dalinga put Toulouse in front before Kone. Uh, converted the penalty when Morphy was obviously taken off them after missing earlier on in that game. Uh, but yeah, a couple of saves in that particular game from Yannan Virgo who's come in from PSV, I think it was last season. Um, he looks a, a really decent goalkeeper. So um, at last we have a goalkeeper that's competent. Uh, elsewhere, just to run down any of the scores we missed, I think we did. We have mentioned most of these, but Lons is 4-1 winning Monaco. Uh, Luis Apenda, Mercado, Fofana, as Jez mentioned, and Wesley Said scoring for Lons, Badia Chile for Monaco, who saw Vanderson sent off, celebrating his contract renewal in style there. Um, Marseille with a 2-1 win against Nantes, uh, Charlene Bemba. Uh, the, the, the aforementioned Ludovic Blas penalty equaliser for Nicol, uh, Nicola Paua, really unfortunately. Does it feel like Nicola Paua has been around forever? I think he has, hasn't he? What is he, 36, 37 now? Maybe older? No idea, but it does feel like he's been around 34. Ever. I feel so sorry for him. It was really unfortunate. And and what what made what made it worse was uh was Luis Suarez, again, not that one. Uh the newly brought in Luis Suarez wheeling away in, oh, in, in celebration. He I will thought. claim anything. I mean Christ. <laughs> it's just and then they cuts to the camera with Palwa looking like somebody's run over his dog and it was just like... Oh, That's dogs. another, like, um, just going back to what you were saying about Lyon earlier, like, Vincent de Luc said something about how Lyon, Marseille and PSG between them have only dropped two points so far this season, which I just thought by his very good journalistic standards was an absolutely ridiculous thing to say, considering Lyon <laughs> like two matches and they're yeah. against Ajaxio and Troyes. And I think Marseille were very, very lucky to get away with a win the other day. They were, yeah, I thought they were. Um, oh, yeah. Didn't start with Alexis either, brought him off the bench. And, and to be fair, I thought he impressed when he came on. So I was quite surprised they left him on, on the bench. And uh, I, the, the most important thing for Nantes this season is that Lafont doesn't leave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's massive, <laughs> of course. Um, and suggestions that Marseille are about to bring in Eric Bailly from Manchester United. Oh, um, this week, uh, I think there's a few others they've been linked with. It they're, they're clearly not done in the shopping department. And um, Ibimbe from PSG went to Frankfurt with a he signed a new deal and left uh, with a view to opponent transfer. So the, the the security of the income there is 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 done. Um, and we've mentioned Fabian Ruiz is supposed to have his medical at PSG tomorrow. So that looks like that one's going to go through. Um, Speaking of new arrivals, following Balogun scored for the third successive game for Rams uh, on loan from Arsenal. He equalised after Giku had put Strasbourg in front. So that one ended in a 1-1 draw on Sunday. Uh, we mentioned uh, Le Pirat, uh, Pirat uh, Brest, which is a 3-1 win for them. And then Durand with two in that one. Dari um, with the, uh, I think that was, that was the header from the corner, if I remember rightly. Really mm. good header that. Um, Sofian Buffal pulled one back for Angers. Uh, but they look like a team who are going to struggle this year on Jet, to be honest. And they went down to that 3-1 defeat. 
Um, we mentioned Osea and Montpellier's netball game. Um, De Costa with the goal for uh, Osea. Audre with the winning penalty after Sacco had scored for Montpellier, but then, of course, conceded that penalty himself. And we mentioned briefly Rennes to win whenever a Jacks here as well. Martin Terrier, I'm going to resist all dog puns here, but he got back on the score sheet uh, this season. Whether he'll still be there at the end of the window, we shall see. Uh, he had a nice nutmeg as Rich well. Rich seems to think he will be due to some paperwork issues. Interesting. I feel like one of him or Buraga will go. I just don't know which. Although what? Terrier somebody... said yesterday that he wants to stay. Wants to stay. Don't they all? Though? Somebody was linked with Laborde. Who was linked Le with Laborde? Laborde. They said Sevilla are interested in Laborde. I, I heard another French club were looking at him. Was it Nice? I think it might be Nice. Um, I don't know if there's anything in that. I just read it somewhere. But yeah, um, they won anyway. Uh, Tietro, or Tietro with with the a towering uh, corner header, uh, header from a corner to win the game really? for Red. I, I thought it was a good header. I did. First well, of ten- all, he got lucky because he gave away a penalty and Mongani doesn't usually miss penalties. No, that's true. Yeah. That, that secondly, was... I don't think he was even trying to... I mean, he was trying to head it across goal. I don't think he was even going for goal. Do you think? Uh, I like I like the angle it went in at. I just like it wasn't sort of towering. Head. He sort of stooped for it, didn't he? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> I probably I probably did use the wrong terminology of towering. It was. This is a very football cliche <laughs> kind is. of segment we've got here. Isn't it? I guess towering probably would be a stretch. Uh, maybe maybe more of a bullet header. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's closer to the mark. But yeah, um, nevertheless, good goal. Um, Oh, I would say goodness. looped at best. Looped, harsh. You're a harsh man. But uh, either way, they got the win, which is the most important thing in that particular game. Um, and we mentioned, obviously, the PSG game earlier on. So that sums up your weekend in League R. So that's that. We are going to look ahead to the next round of matches now, which we'll see is the Can upcoming we do, Sorry, Women's Champions League first round. You may. We mentioned last week that Rules have changed, but Paris FC beat Servet Genève 3-0 in their uh, home leg of that. Clara Mattia with a brace and an own goal made it three, so they're looking solid to get through to the next round and then the group. It's all kind of confusing, but it's good. Good. That's the most important thing. If it's good, we like it. If it's not good, then we don't. So positives all round. Um, actually, just before no, I'll save that for any other. I'll save that for any other at the end. Let's look at the fixtures for next week. So, uh, upcoming week, if my computer will update, which it doesn't want to do, there we go. Um, so this weekend's matches. What are we today? Twenty seconds. This is going to be the twenty sixth. Yes, Friday the 26th. There we go, got there in the end. Friday the 26th of August, uh, Ajaxio uh, face Lille, which is the um, Friday evening game, 8pm UK time. Uh, also against Strasbourg is the um, uh, Saturday 4pm game, 27th of August. And Laws against Rennes is quite an interesting, tasty well, that, little morsel. That could be fun. 
Yes, I will be in London, unfortunately, so I can't watch it, but that's a shame. But hey-ho, uh, Nolte against Toulouse also has a, a decent little fun look about it. That's the 12 midday kickoff on the Sunday. Uh, Lorient against Clermont will probably be one for the purists, not one for the imaginative, <laughs> but, you know, such as life. Uh, Nice-Marseille, however, that one looks oh, a bit tasty. That's another you. advert. Fantastic. Thank you, Paddy Power. Um, yeah, Nice against Marseille, 2pm. Awesome. I'm surprised that isn't televised. Televised actually although maybe the reason for that we'll come on to Brest against Montpellier is also a 2pm game as is Troyes against Angers and then the 4.05pm slot is Ravs against Lyon and then we round off the weekend with the quarter to eight kickoff PSG versus Monaco which is probably the reason why the Marseille game didn't get the televised slot uh, that one I'm, does look I'm guessing that could be another 7 for PSG given how Monaco have been playing so far it does. It but does. We will see. It does uh, have yeah, to recuse. Ren would be my pick if you can only watch one this weekend. Mm. And I have now absolutely jinxed that. I yeah, of course, that, that all everybody involved. That would be nil nil and hideous. Um, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll try and pick the bones out of it. Uh, yeah, Nick Nice Marseille is the one that jumps off the page at me. Um, but like I said, I will be away. I should be back in time for the Sunday evening game. So I'll probably try and get that one in and then catch the uh, delayed coverage after I return. So um, we will be back with that. Just before we do go today, I did want to ask you if either of you have seen the new France kits and your thoughts on them, just because you know me and my kits. Have you seen these two? Leaked strips for the World Cup? No. no. I shall have to link you. Uh, the home is a is a very it's very close to the, the World Cup winning kit, the, the very dark shade of blue with a slightly lighter shade of blue around the sleeves around the top. Um gold insignias, so gold badge, uh, or crest, gold, night swoosh. Um reminiscent of the the kit from was it 2012, I think it was, the navy and gold one. Um at the Nikon back in the day, uh, the Adidas one, sorry, back in the day. And the away kit, however, thing of beauty. Um, it is, or the, the description of the graphic on it is it features iconic moments of the history of France. And it, it looks like, you know, what? when cutting somebody's head off? Not quite, no, more like sort of Arc de Triomphe and, and uh, you know, famous landmarks and famous incidents portrayed and etc. It's very nice. Uh, it's it's, it's white-based, but it has this graphic behind on in blue, and it reminds me of those those plates that everyone's grandma had um, on the bureau. You know those sort of... <laughs> Blue willow. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Have you looked at that? Oh, willow pattern. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I actually really like both of them. I do. Yeah. I'm the the home one. I I I think will grow on me. I'm not sure about the. I hate this night template of this semicircle shoulder thing. I'm not a fan of that. But I think with gold numbers that could look quite sexy. So um, yeah. A lot like. I liked the Euro shirt before the Euros. And the now Euro I don't like it anymore because they were shit in the Euros. <laughs> um, I can't, I really didn't like Brighton's new shirt, but I like after it. certain I like points Euro. in the first three games, suddenly it's grown on me. <laughs> I'm a very, very fickle, capricious football fan. And if France do well in the World Cup, then I will like these You shirts. will like it. So you're not going to commit to buying them before. It will depend on how the performance goes in terms of whether you purchase or not. 
that sounds fair. I, I can I can get on board with that. If, um, uh, if they've got three stars on them, then it makes them a lot prettier. It makes them prettier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, so I'd just like to point out that the fashionistas on this uh, podcast are the blokes. Mm, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know me no and kids. No idea what they're talking about. You know Share me and kids. the pictures with me, Chris. I'll put them in the thing for the... Oh. I shall, I shall, I shall, I shall link you. Uh, but yes, <laughs> if you haven't looked them up, do uh, maybe get on the website. Footy Headlines has got them both. Uh, shout out to those guys. Um, but, I've yeah. also just seen Italy's new second kit, and I can assure you that the France shirts are both nicer than that. <laughs> yeah, they have Adidas now, don't they? Um, yeah, it's not the best looking kit I've ever seen in the world. Puma. Oh, is it Puma? Oh, I thought. Oh no, they've signed a new contract with Adidas, but they've still got the Puma ones that are still the current contract yeah anyway join us next week for fashion weekly i will discuss more uh but yes in short the france kits are quite nice there you go right uh we shall be back uh this time next week uh all things all things going well etc health and, and everything that goes alongside it so uh do keep yourselves tuned in um obviously keep an eye on the twitter and the uh, and the website as well anything that we've got to post we shall um any questions as usual please drop us a message and we will do our best to get those included onto the show or any observations or musings whatever you wish uh but yes we shall return next week uh jez and phil thank you both very much for your time this evening i feel we've gone very deep so thank you for your for your kind inputs thank, thank you, you. And uh, whichever game you are choosing to take in this weekend, uh, please do enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon.